Welcome to episode two of the Glasscast and Windowcast, the podcast and vlog series from the National Glass Association. I'm Katie Devlin, the content director for the NGA, and I'm once again joined by my terrific colleague, Sarah Neiswanger, NGA's associate director of industry engagement. So I have to begin today's show with a huge thank you to everyone who tuned in to our first episode, which featured Jeff Haber of W&W Glass discussing his company's transition to an ESOP. The reaction, the engagement to the episode was beyond what we could have anticipated. So thank you so much. And tell your friends and colleagues in the industry to tune in. And of course, don't hesitate to reach out with feedback or with interview suggestions. I also want to extend a big thank you to the NGA team that has helped pull this all together, including Bethany Stow, Nora Dick, Melissa Fisher, and the Glass Industries leading podcast expert, and let's be honest, kind of the industry's top social media influencer, Max Perelstein. This series would not be possible without this group. So Sarah, why don't you kick us off today? Uh, what do we have in store for today's episode? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Katie. Um, in today's feature, we will be returning to the same panel presentation from the BEC conference that took place back in March that featured Jeff Haber uh, from last week's edition. The topic, Five Ways to Address Generational and Mentorship Gaps. Our second panelist from that talk was Joey Aragon, who is the Director of Operations at Aragon Construction out of Montclair, California. Joey spent some time describing how his glazing company established and refined a mentorship program. And I will say it is refreshing to hear about a company that has taken the time to tweak its program. So it's more than just an exercise, so to speak, but something that's actually pursued within the workplace. So oftentimes companies may rely on more informal mentor-mentee relationships uh, based on you know, pairing an experienced staff member with um, a new employee. In this, Joey really emphasizes the value in taking the time to build a more systemized and structured program. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in particular, I really appreciate Joey's emphasis on um, on just creating something. You know, the importance for any company of creating something start small. Um, I imagine it can be daunting to launch any sort of company wide program, particularly when you're running full speed to complete all of your day to day tasks. So this, I, I think, Joey gives some real um, take home strategies for managers and company owners about how to just implement. Um, some of these mentorship strategies really right away. Um, so Sarah, do you have anything else to add before we get started? Yeah, I guess in this episode, Joey also comments a lot on um, feedback, almost being like the second side of the mentorship coin. Um, so the, tr the traditional evaluation process, I think, is often felt as a necessary but grueling activity. Um, in this case at Aragon, feedback is particularly and practically a retention tool for them now, thanks to the environment they've created um, that expects candidness in order to improve the, the company's dynamic and their operations. So with that, let's hand it over to Joey speaking from the March 2023 BEC conference in Las Vegas. Uh, I'm Joey Aragon with Aragon Construction. Uh, we are a glazing contractor out of Southern California, uh, mostly doing um, the Southern California market. Um, I was gonna say we're second generation Glazer, but I'm gonna call it one and a half generation Glazer because our dad is still involved in the business and we are right in the middle of this succession planning and um, succeeding the next phase of the business. So, okay, I'm gonna get into a little bit of mentorship. And so we're, we started as a very small family business. Uh, it was basically my dad and one other guy running around doing small jobs and 
Um, when Matt and I entered the business, it was, there wasn't really a thought about mentorship because it was kind of natural, kind of baked in. Our dad would, we would talk about you know, work and everything constantly in the office, back home. Um, so we didn't really think about, oh, how to structure mentorship, how to really bake it in. But as we've grown and we've added a lot of non-family to the company, we've had to really think about how does mentorship get deeper and deeper into the ranks. So the way we thought about it is that you really want to create a structure that enables mentorship throughout. Um, sometimes it's kind of hard because you have to commit to creating a structure, um, maybe creating tiers in the business. Like for instance, one thing we did is we used to have probably 10, 12 project managers and they would all report to me and that doesn't spread any mentorship around. It's kind of a free for all. So what we did is we kind of created a senior project management tier so then mentorship could spread throughout. And I know that's not new uh, really for the industry. That's not rocket science, but really what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're creating a structure that facilitates the mentorship so it's not just left on its own to grow wild. Um, and another thing is, is that when you do have that structure, you're able to kind of um, play matchmaker with strengths and weaknesses for some of your stronger people and some of your weaker people. And I don't mean strong and weak in the sense of they're a, a good PM or a bad PM, but more so in the sense of some people are really strong at dealing with the client um, and taking you know, angry, heated phone calls, and other people are maybe really good at you know, software hacks and things like that. Um, and vice versa. So what we found is that by, par by pairing up the right mentor and mentee, they, they have a lot more success together and they can really share each other's strengths. Um, and also it provides real-time feedback because as we all know, we have very complex businesses, very complex projects, and things go wrong in small and big ways every day. So you have to have time where the mentor can step in right in the real time and say, hey, that meeting didn't go so well. I kind of wish we would have said this instead. And that feedback gets internalized much quicker throughout your day-to-day, week-to-week. Um, and then lastly, just you know, don't be afraid to formalize the mentor and mentee relationship. I think that the way we used to think about it was, well, there's a lot of mentorship. We have a lot of people that have been in the business for you know, 30 plus years, so we have mentors around. But really, when we started to formalize those mentorships and say, you know, hey, Kevin, why don't you mentor Elizabeth? She's, she's got a hunger. You have the kind of skills that she really wants to build. Why don't you guys partner up and make it a more formal relationship? And we found that by doing that, it adds a lot of excitement and enthusiasm for both those people and just people around them. That kind of water cooler talk gets passed around, and then people get excited about mentorship. So for us, really formalizing those relationships has helped to kind of make it more topic of conversation for everybody. And the next thing that I think is important is to really systemize the feedback process. We used to not give annual reviews or performance reviews. We kind of do them kind of willy-nilly. It was like, okay, why don't you come into my office for a performance review? But we found that when we got on a regimented program for feedback, it's like light bulbs started going off. Uh, so what we do is we have quarterly conversations, which is kind of like a mini uh, review, and then we have an annual uh, review, which is a much more drawn-out process, usually a couple hours. and. What's really good about that is that it creates this predictable rhythm where the mentors and mentees know that there's a review coming up. So maybe they have something that they're not really comfortable saying in a big group setting, in a meeting, but maybe they want to kind of store that back. And when they sit down with a mentor, they can share more honestly, hey, I've been really struggling with this aspect or that aspect. And then there's a lot more um, um, intimate of a sharing and growth that can happen. Um, and also that has to happen at really all, really all tiers of the, of the company. Every, every department, every tier, so that everybody has a chance to hear feedback and give feedback to their mentor. Um, 
And it doesn't always have to be to only to the mentor. It can be to the direct supervisor. So when you systemize the feedback and everyone has a, has a predictable routine, they know that, that their feedback's gonna be heard and that they get to give feedback to. Um, and next point on that is, when it comes to the quarterlies and annuals, this has really been big for us, is we used to kinda, we would kinda just wing it with the reviews. But we found that the more, the more thought you put into the written review in advance of sitting down with your people, it's a lot, you're able to really pre-think the important things that matter. Maybe you'll kind of decide to not harp on the petty things, and really you kind of get the, the, the main points of feedback that you want to be heard. So as the leader, it's really your job to, to pre-think that review about what's the most important thing for this person to hear in this quarter. So that's been really big for us. And then uh, next is just weekly and monthly one-on-ones. Maybe it's not practical to have a one-on-one -on -one with everybody every week, but find the most important people that are making the biggest decisions in your company and schedule those one-on-ones. I do a lot of my one-on-ones at a coffee shop down the street and the pressure is off. We just sit down, we have a cup of coffee and I say, just tell me about what's going on in your life. And then they start to, you know, they tell me about their weekend and their kids and then eventually they start telling me inevitably about the thing that they're laying in bed thinking about at night. And that usually becomes a topic of discussion and we start to strategize, okay, so maybe this is the letter we should write or, or maybe this is the, the person we should bring into this. Uh, so those one-on-ones are really a great way to uh, bake um, mentorship into your daily, weekly, monthly processes. And lastly, always just making sure that they're based on the core values. Uh, all of us probably have core values we operate by and that needs to be a guiding light of how we give our reviews. Okay, next is, uh, it's really helpful to rotate leadership opportunities. Um, you know, as the leaders of our businesses, we're very used to, okay, I gotta lead this meeting, I've got to, you know, um, create this program or whatever it may be, we've found that just by giving people the spotlight here and there, they're really, they, they take that really seriously to be able to prepare a presentation, to get in front of the room, and maybe even not do it perfectly. And then we as leaders can give them the feedback that really pushes them down the road to improvement, and they, they get to have that win for themselves. Um, and also mixing up the departments. One thing we do is we have a, a quarterly like culture event. So it'll be something like, um, the superintendent department, for instance, did a really awesome mini miniature golf thing in our shop and they created custom miniature golf holes and everything. And that was really cool because we had other departments come together for that committee to plan it and execute it. And it's a low stakes thing. So it's like, if that doesn't go well, you're not losing a million dollars on a job. It's just, you know, didn't go as well as it could have. But when people do come together and they get to mix it up with different departments, they, they get to really have a win together. The whole team gets to celebrate and have fun. So that, just rotating those leadership opportunities is, is really big for mentorship cross-departmentally. Lastly, just as a leader, help them prepare, watch them execute, and then give them private feedback after. Hey, you really nailed this part, but next time, spend a little less time on this and more time on that. Um, so that's been helpful. And then last thing I'll say is, a mentorship program, it doesn't have to be this huge training mentorship program. Some companies out there have really awesome, robust training programs that they've taken years to develop, but, but don't let that be a barrier for doing something today, maybe something tomorrow when we all go back to our offices. And one thing that my brother Matt put together, which was really awesome, is just a one-year annual initiative, just a challenge. And we threw it out to our team and said, this is optional, so don't, you know, don't say that you don't have time for this or anything. If you, if you have time and you wanna grow your skills, it was a three-part program that said, we're encouraging formal mentorship. 
um, training, so either giving training to our team or receiving training externally. And lastly, certifications. So we, as Aragon, will support you going and getting this certification that maybe elevates your position. Um, and then that, that program, that one-year annual initiative, gave us a chance to kind of make it fun. You know, have trainings around this um, small meeting and saying, hey, this is a chance for all of us to fill out our training log. Um, you know, pushing people to go to fun events and things like that that are in the, in the you know, um, pursuit of knowledge. Um, and lastly, just having a small mentorship program like this you can make it memorable too. Like another thing that Matt has done for this program is he's created a little medallion that has a core value stamped on it. This, for instance, one of our, our first core values, be the best. And so Matt has created a be the best token. And those of us that have participated in this program and are proud of how much time we put into this mentorship program, we get a token at the end. And at, by the end of the five years with these annual initiatives, we're gonna have each of our core values, which is B-U-I-L-D, build. So at the end, if you participate in all these programs, you get your, your set of coins. And we really hope that people are, it makes it memorable, it makes it fun, and kind of gives people those bragging rights to, that they participated in making themselves better. So really quick recap is just create a system that facilitates mentorship, uh, create a system for your feedback, rotate, leader, rotate leadership opportunities, and uh, lastly, the program doesn't have to be big. You can chunk it down to something really small that, that can still be effective. In this final section, we'll hear panelist Jeff Haber of W&W Glass ask Joey to break down Aragon's review process. How do you find the time to do an effective review for all employees? Joey's response drives home that if done well, the investment of time and energy in the review process will pay off. Joey, I also wanted to ask you, uh, in terms of like, so when you go through the review process, because it's something we're trying to decide on whether we're going to implement or not, because it's just, we're going to have so many people. Mm -hmm. So how long, first of all, how long does it take you to do that review process mm -hmm. with all of your employees? It's a great question. We, we kind of break it down. We have five distinct departments and each of those departments, some, sometimes they're smaller. So it's a department of five people maybe and that department head will do all those reviews. Mm -hmm. And then in our project management department, it's a little bit bigger. So it's probably uh, 10, 12 people, something like that. So at this point, it is a, it is a big onus on that, that happens to be me for that department. And so it is a lot of prep because you're putting a good hour into each review and you're, you're going through you know, old emails and things like that to jog your memory about what happened in the last you know, quarter or whatever it may be. Um, and then you're having a review with the person for maybe an hour. Um, so it is, it is a lot of time, but, and this is just where we're at with it right now. My vision is eventually the senior managers of those project managers will have a good enough relationship that they can do their own reviews and it can kind of cascade down. Um, but I think that to really do it right, it's one to two hours to prep a good review and at least an hour to have the space to have a good performance review. And I will say that although it's a lot, it's one of the most important things that, that I do certainly. And if I didn't do anything else that month, but I did performance reviews, that could probably be said to be the most effective thing I do in the company. So I, that's how strongly I feel about it. I feel like it's very important. And what's great about those performance reviews is that things come to light that are very operational, that just make your, pro your, your organization better. Things that people are afraid to say, they, they bubble up in those performance reviews, and they, they could be small procedural tweaks, like, why didn't I think of that? And, you know, so to me, it's, it, yeah, it definitely, Jeff, is a big investment of time, 
but maybe start with your key people for that bigger investment of time and over time, you know, work to get it cascaded deeper down. I think you'll find that it's, uh, it's, it's worth the time. So that is it for episode two of the Glasscast and Windowcast from the NGA. For more information, visit glass.org and go to glassmagazine.com for additional news and coverage from the BEC conference. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.